Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And as you probably guessed, we are going to be talking all about the newest Marvel movie that is in theaters right now. Don't go to Disney+. Plus. Can't watch it there. Don't go to your VOD or PVOD service. You can't rent it. Only place to see it is in theaters, baby. Yeah. yeah. So if you have seen it. It's a little scary. It's a little scary. I mean, we could definitely. The place that I why you're so hyped. I would have loved to. I mean, I think that you should see it in theaters because it's unbelievable, like the giant screen. Mm -hmm. But I would have loved to have paid $30 online (laughs) and been able to see this in the comfort of my home. Well, I do want to start off talking about our very different experiences seeing the movie because the last. A new Marvel movie that we talked about was Black Widow, which I think we both watched at home, basically. Yes. I don't know if you went to see it in theaters as well, no. but um, we're also living in different places. I'm in New York. You're in Pennsylvania. So there's different Philly, options asshole. there. Don't, Philly. Don't be, Jesus. You're in Pennsylvania Dutch country, right? You're oh Amish now? Yeah, yeah. You went on your rumspringer to go see Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Worth it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, if you haven't seen the movie, we definitely are going to spoil it. We're going to get into all of the plot points, the cast members, what it means for the Marvel Universe going forward. But first, I want to talk about experiences because, uh, Pete, how did you see this movie? Talk us through your experience. I didn't want to go to the movie theater because I'm, you know, there's a giant spike in COVID right now and uh, it's pretty hectic, so I don't feel comfortable uh, just because when I go to the movie theater, I take off my mask and I enjoy snacks and treats. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a, I like to treat myself during a movie theater with some treats. So, well, uh, and you do that thing where you lick the seat right in front of you, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I just... lick all the surrounding <laughs> seats, so mm-hmm. you don't ever want to sit near me. But yeah. so my plan was, I'll go to the drive-in that way I can have my own little bubble and uh, I can watch the movie and have fun. Um, the problem is the uh, Navy Yard in Philadelphia flooded uh, due to all the crazy flooding going Great. on. So I had to then uh, go to the movie theater. I ended up singing in 3D and then uh, not buying snacks and not getting a drink and, you know, sitting there with my glasses fogged up with my mask on, not being able to fully see everything. It was... Uh, it's not the best way to see this movie, and it was a little frustrating. But um, first of all, quick little tip: nose clip. If you have glasses, get a nose clip. Get a. There's these little like sticky what metal do you things. Mean, get a nose clip. I'm explaining it. There's these little sticky you don't just things. Say, you, oh yeah, nose clip. Like a paper clip you put on your nose, like a clothes. No, thing. no, no. It's, it's a little metal thing that you put school. on your mask, and it clips very comfortably to your nose, so you don't fog up your glasses. You got to get them. I'll send you a link afterwards. Oh, great. This is yeah, fun. No We're doing an ad for nose clips now. Yeah, nose clips. 
I actually don't know that. That's hey, what you nerd! You got four eyes. Guess what? <laughs> Guess what? Is this it gets the worse. Jerk? Is this how the jerk started? You uh, you already yes. have glasses. You're already in a Marvel movie. Guess what? We're gonna make it much worse for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm you? sorry to hear all that. Uh, my my experience was similar in terms of terribleness of seeing the movie. Um, I was lucky enough to see an advanced screening of it, which is very cool. Um, we uh, got an invitation through Comic Book Club, our live show, and I think a couple of our listeners maybe were there as well, which was super fun. Um, so very excited about that. This was, not to belabor the story too much, but this is the first time I've been to the movies since the pandemic started. I think the last movie I saw was Onward in wow. March of 2020. Just have not been back. So I was like, okay. Gonna risk it, despite the Delta thing. I will wear a mask. I have a nose clip because I know what's going on. So I don't have to worry about the fogging up or anything. But my wife and I also haven't been out anywhere, really, in a year and a half. So we were like, wow, this will be a good date. It's the day after our anniversary. It'll be our anniversary date. Hey, happy anniversary. Thank you very much. So we were very excited about this. This was also the first time that we were leaving our kids home alone. My daughter is 11. My son is seven. So we're like, okay, we're only going to be gone for a couple of hours. Wait, what? We're only going to be gone for a couple of hours. My daughter usually puts my son to sleep on Tuesday nights where we do our live show anyway, because my wife has a class. So we felt pretty comfortable. We have friends who are right next door, who live next door with kids the same ages, pretty much. So we knew that they would be there. So we were like, okay, it's just a couple of hours. We're going to go. It's nighttime anyway. We'll order them some pizza. Pizza was already there. So good to go. We're just going to go for a couple of hours. And we told both of them, if there's an emergency, just go to the neighbors next door. We're like, but there's not going to be an emergency. It'll be fine. About three quarters of the way through the movie, which, by the way, people in movie theaters suck. Like, absolutely suck. This is like a side note. But people texting on Instagram, talking through the whole movie. When, spoiler, Ben Kingsley came out. Guy loud behind me was like, oh, that's Ben Kingsley. It's like, all right, I, I know. Thank you for informing the entire theater. That's all. Shut up. That's hilarious. I did I have to turn around and be like, have you all not been trapped inside for a year and a half? <laughs> Respect the process, jerks. I've, what's funny is we're just getting our sea legs back to being fun in movie theaters. Like, it was hilarious because the people behind me, it was a delayed reaction because not to honk my own horn, but I got references and knew who yeah. people were. So I was like, oh, shit. And then it would be like somebody else finally figuring out, oh, shit. Oh, shit. It was a fun, like, people slowly getting moments. Uh, I was like, oh, man, we're getting – we're a little slow to getting back into kind of like movie theater. Yeah, people still – also, I mean, this is a total side note to what I'm getting to with the point of the story. But uh, the left before the credits. And I was like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> I was We're proud of my audience. This. Nobody moved. And I was like, that's right. That's right. Oh, my right. God. The lady next to me got up. And I was like, you know what? Just go. I don't care. I'm not going to explain <laughs> this to you. No. You were like, hey, you're you don't know at it. this point. Was get too... out of here. You don't deserve it. <laughs> oh, come on, man. No. I'm sorry. I was just annoyed. She was also talking it the entire time. could be her first Marvel movie. Why She was so talking bad? the entire time. Get out of here. Don't ruin oh, the end credits for me. You jerk. Yeah, it was because they were In talking. any case, three quarters of the way through the movie, right when they get to 
the mystical city place that I'm blanking on the name of. It's uh, I, I will look it up at some point when we're talking right. about it. Uh, but when they get to the mystical city place, mm-hmm. my phone started ringing and I was like, oh, my God, this is it. Something horrible has happened at oh, home. I don't want to check my phone, but I got to not and like out loud. You it was said, vibrating. Yeah, I was going to say it was vibrating your hand silent. But like. I couldn't turn it off because the kids were home alone for the first time ever. Yeah. So I pull it out. I fully expecting it to be my daughter or the neighbors or something. And I'm like, my heart's pounding. And I look at it and I was like, oh, thank God. It's just a national emergency for a tornado in the air. <laughs> and then about two minutes later, everybody's phones start vibrating and digging and everything because everybody's getting the same alert. And I was like, okay, it's fine. It's probably just a lot of rain. Get out of the movie theater. And I think probably everybody knows this, but we're on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. My apartment is in Brooklyn. Torrential downpour of rain. And to make a very long story short, again, first time we have ever left our kids home alone. Trapped in Manhattan in the subway. We managed after, I think, two hours to, I, I kid you not, take the last train out of Manhattan before they wow. shut down the entire subway system. So it's like a fun movie, The Last Train Out of Manhattan. Walked for an hour in Brooklyn when we finally got there in the rain until we got home. Our entire basement was flooded and everything. But uh, And then... To top all that off, and I'll just end the story at this, got home, our landlord there, shop vacing all of the water in the basement, looks up to me and his face falls and he's like, hey, we cleared out whatever we could in your basement, but there were comics. Oh, <laughs> wait, I bet you like during the movie, that whole water sequence with the water, yeah. flowed, that was happening in your basement in real time. Exactly. And wow. the greatest part is we unlocked a mystical maze in the backyard cool. and killed a dragon, just like straight up <laughs> sucked the soul out of it. Oh, man. The end. Anyway. Wow. Point being, it, it, my I think my view on this movie is slightly tainted by the circumstances. I think so, Alex. I think so, yeah. I yeah. don't think you had a good movie experience. No. That's hard to judge. That's with all that going on. There's no way you could walk away going worth it. <laughs> Definitely yeah. not. <laughs> Definitely not. I mean, to the getting back to the exact same point that you made at this point, like ten minutes ago. I wish I could have watched it at home. Like, I <laughs> I really do. Like, going out to the movie theater experience, I think there are good experiences. Like, you go to an Alamo Draft House, or we have Nighthawk here in New York City. Um, both really nice. People don't talk. They have food. Everybody's respectful. But there was everything around it, plus just the way that people are acting in the theater. It's just like, it's not after a year and a half of watching movies at home where everybody is quiet and I can eat my own snacks and watch at my own pace, it's just a much nicer experience. And I wish they were to release it on Premier Access so at least we'd have the choice, potentially. But that all said, let's actually talk about the movie itself, which I thought was actually a lot of fun, all circumstances aside. Pete, what did you think? I loved it. I loved, 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 loved it. I thought the... Uh, the fight sequences were bananas. This was a giant action movie that was made for the big screen. So I see why we had to risk our lives, but um, man, so much fun. So many hilarious, cool moments. It was really just, Oh man, I, I had such a great time. The acting was bananas. It, I just, it was so, so cool, man. I, I loved it. I 
Shang Chi for me is like a great comic, and I was very nervously excited about this movie. I was happy with how long it was. I just I had a, such a fun time. Loved uh, the post two credit sequences. I was really impressed with everything in this. And, now, when uh, you say it's a great comic, uh, what are you talking about specifically? Are you talking about the recent one? By the reason, Yang. Well, I just, I guess I mean the idea of the comic. Because, okay. like, when I was a kid, I would read it and I would be, you know, I didn't kind of realize how racist it was and all the <laughs> right. things that was going on. So, like, but I was just like, you know, I'm a fan of action and punching and fighting. So, like, Shang-Chi, like, I would always pick it up and, and read it. So, like, um, I was really impressed with a lot of different things that we got in this comic. And, um, uh, yeah, I just think it's set up a lot of different stuff for moving forward and in, in, in a cool, smart way. And I think, I mean, holy crap. I mean, the acting, it, oh, there's so many beautiful moments in this film. It's what I think they did really well in terms of the adaptation, which is an MCU thing across the board. But they took the interesting elements of Shang-Chi from the comics, which are very few. Basically, he does martial arts. Mm-hmm. His dad is bad. His sister is mixed, you know, sometimes good, sometimes bad. We don't know exactly which side she's on. Sometimes she's running the organization for her dad. And sometimes you, not. If you have siblings, you know, that kind of sums up exactly. your sibling. Like sometimes they're, you know, and that's bad. pretty much it. Like that's really there are little bits here and there that they translated. But for the most part, it was a clean slate that they created from the ground up for this. MCU we, about there was a, we got a lot of different. Like, you got Death Dealer, uh, which is part of the origin. Well, this is what I'm saying. Like, there's little things here and there, but Razor Fist is not this classic Marvel character that everybody has a lot of affinity for. Is one of the assassins that his father hired to come after Shang-Chi. Yes, absolutely. And same thing with Death Dealer, like you're saying, who, if people don't know, that's the person with the mask who doesn't talk. The first one to have their soul sucked out by the soul suckers. But there are a lot of things that, again, they're creating whole cloth. They completely revamped the way that in the comics it's Fu Manchu, which they can't even use anymore. Instead, here's Zhu Wenwu. Whoa, 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 What the fuck are you talking about? You what I'm talking mean? about is Shang-Chi's father originally in the comics was Fu Manchu, the racist stereotype. Right, but why? Oh, never mind. Okay, thank yeah, you. Yeah, what I'm saying is they completely wiped that away, started clean. Same yeah. thing with the Mandarin. They basically took this idea of this character as a crime boss and created this incredible villain character with Tony Leung, who's amazing in the oh, movie. Come Absolutely on. fantastic. And, like, badass martial like that. Oh, oh. Just my. <laughs> so my point is, uh, again, that like with the best MCU stuff, they took these elements, threw them in a movie, but it's even more so. Like you look at Black Panther created this incredible world around him with Wakanda and everything that was going on. But a lot of those characters and ideas existed in the comics. It was picking and choosing and tweaking them in certain ways and then elevating them in terms of what's happening in the movie. Here, Destin Daniel Cretton, who's the director, was one of the writers, along with Dave Callahan and Andrew Lanham, 
really just created something new for the most part. Like it's just singular elements. I mean, there was there was a little cherry. I, I, I well, think yes, there is this a, is exactly we're saying the same thing here. They cherry okay. pick certain things, but it's much less things than usual, I think, in terms of an MCU movie, which makes it really impressive, particularly when you get to the last third of the movie, when they get to Magic Town with the Soul Sucker and uh, the uh, guy from beyond. I really should have written this stuff down. I'm very sorry. But all of those things are much more frankly, Iron Fist than they are. What are you talking about? It's much more Iron Fist. The whole heart of the dragon thing, that's Iron Fist. Iron Fist possesses the heart of the dragon. He takes it and he gets the fist, right? Yeah, but I mean, he goes on a completely different journey just because there's dragons in there and stuff. No, don't, this don't is, I'm like- sorry, uh, not to get too into this right at the beginning and start fighting about stuff because I do want to talk about what was good about the movie. This was straight up them looking at the Iron Fist show saying they bungled that. They never right. showed the dragon. They didn't make any of that work. How can we do this without contradicting Iron Fist, but doing a better job of it? And that's exactly what they did. It's here. a separate thing. I think, it yes, they looked at Iron Fist and like, man, we didn't do that well. Let's focus on doing Shang-Chi well. And I uh, think they accomplished that. Yes, we're saying the same thing with different words, Pete. OK, well, it just feels weird the way you're saying it. It feels weird the way you're saying it. Cool. Great. Agreed to, agreed to agree, actually. Right. Let's talk through the movie, though, and what worked and what didn't about it. So, first of all... I don't like your what didn't. What? I don't like your what didn't. I knew you wouldn't, and we're going to get to that last, because I really don't want to argue this entire time. But let's get back and talk about Total Young as Wenwu, who I think you is... You know, a, what's, what's bothering me is you're sitting there with your marble hat on next to your marble yeah. lucky charms, mm-hmm. you know, and you're talking, and you're going to sit there and... You're not even going to mention my X-Men? You don't I'm count not, them as part of the Marvel? No, anymore? because it's the, it's the new X-Men. What about my baby Groot over there? Does that count? Okay, fine. I'll give you a baby group. <laughs> All right. Thank you. In our Marvel draft that we're having right now. Yeah. Totally Young is amazing. Absolutely fantastic. As this character really bummed that they suck his soul out at the end of the movie because he would have been a great antagonist going forward. But there's so many layers and so much going on with him uh, to shout out one I, thing right I at mean, the beginning. The, that, I think yeah. it kind of had to happen. Like, I'm glad he didn't kill his dad, but the way it happened, the way the father, like, really saw his son and Mm -hmm. let go of the ring so he could kind of have them. I thought that was very touching and well done. And I think it was kind of part because it's like, how long are we going to have the dad kind of, you know what I mean? Like, I thought it was I thought it was nice. Yeah. I want to loop back to that moment because that's one of my issues with the movie. But to talk about something great, two incredible fight scenes right at the beginning of the movie. First of all, between Fala Chen as Ying Li and Tony Leung as Wen Wu when he first encounters her. That whole dance fight sequence was incredible. Dance fighting. Let's bring back dance fighting. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Come on, man. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, more like step up in the legend of the Ted Rings. You know, what oh I'm talking man, about? I mean that you just you could feel the chemistry happening. It was it was just so nice. You could, I love them to the yeah. point. Like you that, could just tell he's like, oh fuck all this. I'm completely in love now. It was so well done. There were honestly parts of the movie because he was so good that I started to think about, man, what if this movie was just about him? You know, wouldn't that be kind of interesting watching Why this guy you writing a different movie while you're watching a movie? Fine. Can we jump into it? Can we yeah. jump into my big issue with the movie? Yeah. 
I think Sibulu was just okay. What? I think he has a lot of slacker charm. He was great with Aquafina, particularly in the beginning parts. Killed it with the fight sequences when it came to the dramatic stuff. Not as great. And also, I don't get Shang-Chi as the child of destiny part when there are so many more interesting characters, particularly Megar Zhang as Zhe Ling, the sister, I thought was fantastic. Her story or was great. Her arc was great. I love where they leave her. I'm very happy with that. Excited to see her going forward in the MCU. And we'll talk about that later in the podcast. But every single beat, I was like, why isn't she getting the Ted rigs or at least five of the rigs? Why isn't she the one to complete this? Because her whole arc was she was in the background the entire time watching everybody never came to the forefront. Shang-Chi just kind of left and then he comes back and everybody keeps Michelle Yao keeps looking at him and be like, Turning away from the sister and being like, you're amazing. You got the heart of the dragon. And she's in the background of every shot. Why wasn't she the one to save the day? There were so many opportunities to do that. I don't know, man. That would make a cool movie. I I think that's an interesting thing. But you can't have a movie and then realize there's another character that's also cool and be like, hey, let's throw all this out the window and start a brand new thing. Because he... Is the chosen one because the father is, it's this perfect kind of like mixture of like badass evil father and like super chill, really good mom that kind of makes this perfect son who's right in the middle and can wield both things so well. Like that's why he's the chosen one. And the sister has a little too much dark side, it seems like. But if she was given what he was, yes. It would be awesome to see two equal people vying out for that. Yes, but that's, you know, that's a different story. And I appreciate the fact that you were moved so much by it. That's awesome. Uh, that says a lot of great things about the movie. Uh, and I, I definitely agree with you a little bit. But the story that we got here was also very beautiful. And I also like the fact that, like, we have this guy who is like kind of, you know, muscly, but he's still a little awkward and weird. And it's not like Aquafina uh, like saves him early on. And it's this beautiful, just kind of friendship. There isn't this will they, won't they bullshit. It's just two people who are like uh, friends with each other, which I thought was really well done. And their back and forth was really cool. And I, to get a person who can do all that shit and you believe the punching and stuff like that, when he went back and like touched the like dents in the thing and like got this look, I, I thought the acting was really well done in his part. He's not the most charismatic, but his Little subtleties, I think, is is really impressive. I, to be clear, I agree with a lot of what you're saying here. And okay. apparently, reportedly in the casting process, Aquafina was cast first and then did chemistry reads with a lot of different actors, including mm-hmm. Simu Liu. So I can see why he got cast, because they are a lot of fun together. When they're driving cars around oh in the beginning, God. very come fun. On. When they're doing karaoke, karaoke. very fun. Ah, come on. Hanging out with the family, very fun. All of that stuff, them on the plane, they have a good the way he says, going. or, I mean, come on. Yes, all of that. Again, he has, and I'm just going to repeat this again, but he has a very fun slacker charm. Like when he goes into the fight ring, uh, right after Abomination and Wong, and just sort of shrugs at Aquafina. Very funny. He's yeah. very funny throughout the movie. It was the just when bit. we got what to the end of the shirt? movie, the dramatic half didn't hit me in quite the same way. 
No, dude. The particularly, fall, particularly the falling fucking chi gathering to fucking do the Kamehameha to win the whole thing. I also I wish was, that was clearer. The, what the, the, the fuck are you talking about? I was seeing it through foggy fucking lenses and I was enjoying how beautiful it was. What the fuck are you talking about? I guess uh, you didn't need a nose clip in that case, so I retract my previous <laughs> suggestion. The that part was fine. That part was fine. But my fine. problem was the it was fight scenes. Beautiful. The fight scenes were like, so well done and so clear, which is a rarity with action movies. Like usually they're doing them too quick and jumpy to obscure the fact the actors can't really pull them off here. Clearly they were, and they looked awesome across the board. And then you get to this CGI thing at the end where dragon and, and uh, devourer, whatever is called are fighting. And it was just messy. I had a hard time keeping track of exactly what was going on with that up really? until that moment when he is in the air doing the chi gathering thing. But because I wasn't emotionally invested in this giant monster necessarily the same way that I was in Tony Leung's character, it didn't have the same impact for me. Wow. I knew this was going to happen. Uh, Pete, wow. just because I'm expressing reservations doesn't mean that I didn't like the movie or think that it was overall very good and people should see it. Listen, okay? I yes. am sorry that you went outside and shit got crazy and you're worried about the safety of your family. <laughs> I am, okay? But that's no reason to hate a water dragon. Like, that water dragon should immediately have been like, oh, this is like Falcor, this is like new shit, but this amazing magical water dragon is our friend and here to save the day. And I don't know why you hate water dragons, but don't put that on the movie, bro. I like the water dragon. I, I was very impressed by it. I wish... Aquafina had ridden it in like a fun wink to Raya and the Last Dragon, that, like a dragon riding a dragon. That would have been like a fun moment, you know, <laughs> if it would happen. Oh my god! I didn't, I didn't love the Devourer, you know, and I didn't like the Soul Suckers necessarily. I understand the necessity of it to get everybody to work together, the Ten Rings and the people in the village, um, Michelle Yao's group. But you didn't the appreciate the woodworking skills that was made in that whole sequence, where like then these Devourers come and look at the woodworking skills. Very very yeah. nice. Yeah, really amazing. Then when you saw it in real life, you're like, oh, it's crazier than the wood versions. Yeah, and I appreciate that they went for it. They went nuts with the end of the movie and taking big swings like that, where you start with, here's a guy in San Francisco, it's a martial arts movie, and by the end, there's a giant Cthulhu monster flying around sucking the souls out of people, right. is in theory very fun. I just think the execution was like... 80% instead of 100%, you know? Oh, my God. I don't know why you think that, but I'm it's sorry It's still a solid B, man. It's a I solid just, B. I think How'd you do good. in school? What was your GPA, huh? Oh, don't come at me, bro. I'm coming at you. Don't come at me. I'm saying if your GPA was a B, that's good in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but when you want an A, it's not good. So I, I sure. just think that you were... There was too much going on. You didn't see the the with clear eyes. <laughs> that is definitely not true. Aquafina, I thought, was great as Katie. Super fun character. Um, I really liked her arc as well. Yeah. And uh, even though I'm not totally convinced by Wong coming up to them at the end to be like, we need both of you necessarily. It's a package deal. Come I on. Guess. She doesn't have dead rings. She so used an hour one. She did a good. It's fine. It's fine. But whatever it is, very fun character. Really liked her relationship with the couple in the movie. That come on, that whole thing. Fun. 
The, the fact that we go back to that table and the, oh, just unbelievable. But let's get back to Jaleg, who is the best MCU character of all time. I'm just going to conservatively throw it out there. Pete, what's your take? I, I, I mean, <laughs> first off, amazing the yes. action, all like really unbelievable. But like, I I walked away from this thinking, uh, you know, Shang Chi was the best, and I want like fucking. Dragon Ball Z, but with Shang-Chi and, like, you know, live action and let's fucking do it all day long, man. I could watch Kamehameha moves for fucking hours on end. So, like, I I don't know what you're talking about, but I walked away thinking I'm hoping there's going to be a couple more movies coming because this was a ton of fun. Well, we'll get back to that part and the future of it in a second, but just to very briefly get back to Jay Ling and then we can move on to the other characters. What I really liked about it was the emotion of her arc and the idea of her in the background teaching herself. I thought that was very powerful. Really appreciated yeah. that she got her own armor as well as Shang-Chi. I thought yeah. that was very nice. Um, her weapon, super cool. Badass, Love- man. Love the fact that that rope could be literally as long as she wants it to be. It doesn't matter. Anytime. Anytime. All you got to do is show one shot where she's got some slack to work with, and then it's any length. Hundreds of feet, if it needs to be. But it's still super, super fun. Um, And her fight scenes were great as well. We'll get to the stinger at the end, but I just, I love that stinger and I'm very excited about seeing her going forward. Um, Fala Chen as Ying Li, the mom, I thought was also really good. Come on, dude. No further comments. Just, just fucking phenomenal. <laughs> Again, I could have watched a lot more of her and Tony Leung because they had great chemistry on screen. I thought yeah. they were really good. Um, we also had Razor Fist, Florian Montanau. Very fun villain. Yeah. Very good. I wasn't, I was a little dicey uh, when he first showed up on the bus fight because it felt very Mortal Kombat to me, but yeah. I, I think it worked out. It worked out really well and I also liked how he got on board with helping them. That was a mm-hmm. fun moment. And then when he got the weapons upgrade, that was a fun moment. Yeah. Bus fight, I think, was maybe my favorite fight in the movie. I thought that I, was so well staged and was so well done. Yeah, it was, like, as far as fight sequence, unbelievable. I mean, the the giant thing at the end was, like, the coolest, but that is, like, the best fight sequence. The one on the side of the building, I couldn't watch. I'm scared of heights, and that was fucking with me. I had to be like, oh, my God. I was going to say it's very close for me between the bus site and the bus fight and the building fight. That building thing was too fucking much. Why you got just bamboo on the side of a fucking building, man? That's not safe. Yeah, it was definitely... I'd be curious to see it in 3D because it felt like a lot of the stuff that they shot. Oh, dude, it was so much. Like, the 3D was too much. (laughs) Poking you right in the face. Uh, I was like, oh, uh, well, all right. I mean, I wanted to talk about this at some point. But they did the Marvel flip in 3D, and I was was fucking loving it. I thought that was a cool Really? Now you love the Marvel flip all of a sudden when it's in 3D. What about the comics, Pete? It didn't have any comics in there. If you fucking let me finish. Yeah. I would have much appreciated if they did a 3D in the comics because, you know, you fucking mm-hmm. should pay homage always to what came first. <laughs> but um, it was really cool to see, you know, Captain America throw his shield right in my head. That was that was pretty neat. And they do a nice little Black Panther thing right at the end. I do imagine, and please don't yell at me, I'm just saying a thing. I do imagine I might have liked the final sequence a lot more watching it in 3D because it felt like... 
a lot of the dragon and creature wrapping around each other felt very flat to me and confusing. Oh, but if it man. was sticking out, oh, it was so cool. Better. Yeah, yeah, it was really. Re- yeah, you were like, kind of felt like you were getting wrapped around. And Jaylin using her string thing, throwing that at the movie, uh, throwing that at the screen too. That probably was a lot of fun. I it imagine. was very yeah. cool. Great. Mm. So Razor Fist, very fun. Let's move on. Talk about Benedict Wong as Wong, which is a, who is in a surprising amount of the movie. Relatively yeah! speaking, it was so cool. I wanted more Wong. Uh, every time he shows up, just absolutely magical. So funny. So he, he has got that character down in such a cool way. Like any little thing he does just becomes the audience was eating it up. I was loving it. Everybody in the theater was losing it. It was hysterical. Um, and it was fun to hear, like, when you see Abomination, you see, you heard that, that's Abomination. No, that's Abomination. <laughs> you know, like, it was just so that's cool. A, Emil Blonsky in the comics is a Russian <laughs> spy, but they changed it for the MCU. And it's a little bit different in terms of the continuity. But it's still Abomination. <laughs> yeah, and he's screen. got the ears now. He's got yeah. the thin ears. We talked about this back with Phase 1 when we were doing our Incredible Hulk rewatch, but they initially didn't use the thin ears because Louis Leterrier, the director, thought, oh, Hulk would just bite off his ears like Mike Tyson in a fight. So they didn't include that. The second reason they didn't do it is because he didn't have any lizard or reptile DNA mixed in there in terms of the origin. But clearly, at some point in the intervening years, that changed and he evolved. Uh, Since we know that Tim Roth is going to show up as Abomination in the She-Hulk series, I'm curious if they will address that at all or just be like, eh, this is a better look for him. Don't even worry about it. I mean, you want to talk about things explained. They sp- definitely sp- spent a lot of time explaining things in this. Uh, I mean, yes. we got a lot of like, hey, uh, lo- let's get into this whole Mandalorian fucking bullshit and who's who and what's what. <laughs> well, I even it- like them e- explaining how to pronounce Shang-Chi. Like, that was fun. And I was glad for all of it. Well, I will mention, and just then to get back to the character list, the moment where he talks about his name isn't Sean, it's Shang-Chi. Beyond being a funny moment, I've read from a number of Asian critics that uh, that is a very important moment because there is the anglicizing of Asian American names is a big deal in culture. So to see that on screen and see that talked about on screen was really impactful for them. Um, So knowing that going in and then seeing that scene, I thought it was extra cool and illuminating and beyond being hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, Benedict Wong is Wong. Great. Very curious to find out whether this takes place at the same time as Spider-Man No Way Home. A lot of people have suspected that when he portals out of Doctor Strange and Peter Parker's conversation in the trailer, he's going directly to the fight scene with Abomination. Maybe, maybe not. I guess we'll see. Uh, Michelle Yeoh as Ying Nan, we talked about before. Love Michelle Yeoh. So good. Even Dude, in this that... Like the dance fight sequence with her, I, you know, like with Shang-Chi was just ah, unbelievable. I mean, some actors, you're like, oh, I don't know if they could pull this off. But when she got into fucking stance, I was like, oh, shit, it's fucking odd. Michelle Yeoh is amazing at everything. Unbelievable. My one quibble about her thing is there's a moment on the battlefield towards the end when Michelle Yeoh and Tony Lung stare each other down. And then they run away from each other and don't fight. And I was like, no, no, no. Have them fight. I want to watch that. The two of them, have them fight. That's going to be so cool. 
So uh, that was a bit, a little bit of a bubber in my yeah. mind, but it's fine. I'll get over uh, yeah, it. Yeah, it wasn't her. That wasn't the fight, dude. No, that I mean, wasn't the Sean, fight. It would have taken up not, too much time. Yeah, I get it, but it, was it would not have been the fight. It would have been better cool. to run away and be like, "Sorry." Uh, would have been cool though. Ben Kingsley as Trevor Slattery. He is back. That was fun. But beyond fun, I appreciated the fact that they didn't just have him show up in the prison and then disappear. They made him an important part of the movie, which I thought was great. What did you think, Pete? I mean, the way he kind of like worked with the flying pillow was adorable. And just, it's just a perfect kind of like character choice for that to have this kind of like kooky. And even his playing dead moment was unbelievable. I, I, you know, I went through this with this character. You kind of go through this emotional roller coaster of like, oh, this is hilarious. Oh, it's a little annoying. Oh, oh, I wanted a real villain. Like, oh, what's happening? And then this kind of whole thing makes it seem so great from start to finish. It, I, I'm really impressed with the the way they kind of like to turn that frown upside down. Well, and they also did a really good job talking about the exposition of it all in when we was speech about essentially explaining what happened in Iron Man 3 and how it affected him or not. They set this up very elegantly. They explain to you what you need to know, remind you about Trevor Slattery, so that when he shows up, obviously, if you know the MCU really well, you know who he is. But if you don't, you can still intuit exactly who he is and what's going on there and why he's in prison. Another thing that I'll mention, I and I know this is very much on me, not on the movie. I couldn't deal with Morris. Like, just looking at Morris, the fact that Morris didn't have a head, very upsetting for me. Yeah, but it was straight, like, we saw the drawings of Morris early, and so, like, you knew Morris was coming. Yes. And it's a little weird, uh, you know, no face, but also, it's sensitive about that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you shouldn't talk about it. Like, it it said, it's, like, kind of feels weird. Well, it also doesn't seem to have ears, so I don't think it's going to listen to this podcast. Well. It does have ears because it was able to interact and listen to Ben Kingsley and everything. I think this is it. my problem. I didn't have a problem with the group of Morrises when they got to the magical land at the end. That's fine. A bunch of them is cool. They're flying around. But the singular Morris, the fact that there's maybe a mouth and ear holes under there somewhere, but I don't know where they are and maybe they're closed up. I think that's the thing that makes me physically why uncomfortable when so I think about it. Concerned about that. Like, why does that? Kind of like I get very bothered by when in horror movies people lose their mouths. Okay. Maybe because I talk so much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there, I I just there was I had a gut physical reaction to watching Boris that was not all oh, this is so cute. It was making me uncomfortable. I mean, I you know, I don't want to tell you what to do with your life, but maybe you should talk to somebody. You know what I mean? Like I have maybe- Pete. Yeah. Well, what am I paying you for? I think uh, I met like a professional. Oh, okay. You told yeah. me you were a professional. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm a different kind of professional. Oh, I think okay. you need All to right. talk to somebody else, man. Uh, another couple of quick folks to mention, and then we could wrap up the cast list. Uh, Ronnie Chiang as John John, oh. who is Jay Ling's right hand man. I mean, Very fun. Oh, what a perfect. I was so excited to see Ronnie Chiang. Like, that was such a great role, such a fun. I just and the fact that we got more later was great. Uh, Ron Cheng is hysterical, and I'm glad to see you know that. I thought that was really great. And then the other one that I wanted to mention is we got to see Cliff, the live streamer, 
He was also yeah this, the flip guy. Yeah, he's the guy who in Spider Man Homecoming says to Spider Man, "Hey, do a flip, do flip, yeah, do a flip." Uh, I mean, obviously, we're doing a Marvel podcast and we're talking to you know the right audience here, but realizing that talking to my wife afterwards, I was like, "Hey, it's Cliff from Spider Man." And she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, oh, yeah, he has, you know, one line in Spider-Man Homecoming, which came out several years ago. But I instantly recognized him when he came on screen during Shang-Chi. Also, just real quick, what are any of your cousins named? Like actual family members. Yeah, I don't know. That I should know that (laughs) I am related to. And yeah. Uh, oh man, that's a big moment for you, dude. Yeah, sure I really was. think the more we talk, the more you need to see somebody. Um, again, P, just, I send you monthly payments <laughs> for this very reason. I don't um, understand what's going on. The, the the it's your boy from just like the way that whole thing, like the way he started streaming and the whole like, oh, I'm gonna take you through this. It was just so. It was. It's a fun moment. It's it's a really. Smart call to have that person there. I think that was just such a cool thing to have in such an intense fight sequence. And I also really liked, this isn't a cast thing, but I just wanted to mention the way that they worked in MCU stuff and had it be part of the MCU, but very much let it be its own thing. They clearly said it post blip. You know, they're talking about this is a world where half the people can disappear at any moment. Also, there are the blip support group posters that were outside of Katie's apartment, I believe. So nice way of working that in and setting that up there as this is society. This is still part of the MCU. This exists beyond, obviously, Wong and Abomination showing up and the end credit stuff we'll talk about in a moment. But um, it it was good. I like that. I like those moments versus feeling like, oh, we have to have. Iron Man in here, or we have to have Doctor Strange, you know, to come in and be like, hello, welcome to the MCU in the entire movie and train him. Having these subtle bits make us understand this is part of the MCU, but it doesn't, it lets it be its own thing. Yeah. Which I thought was cool. Any other moments before we get into those end credit sequences and talking about what's coming forward in the vision board that you wanted to bring up in particular, Pete? Um, As somebody who doesn't enjoy karaoke hot take, um, I thought this was a hilarious use of karaoke. Um, Pete, I, yeah. I also don't like karaoke. I also like these scenes. Yeah. There we go. We're on the same page finally, right wow. here at the end of the podcast. It's nice. It's, <laughs> uh, I know, I know when I die and go to hell, it's going to be locked in a karaoke room that I can never leave and somebody's screaming music. I just songs. I don't get it. Like, like, I kind of get public karaoke, but I don't get the karaoke rooms, you know? Like, why are you just singing for each other, for two people? You could do that at home. You don't need to go to a place to do that. I don't don't know what to tell you, man. I don't get it. Any other moments from the movie that you wanted to mention other than that? um, hmm. I just, yeah, I was really impressed overall. I thought that uh, just the, what was great was like, there were beautiful moments where I wasn't thinking about the cinematography. There were moments that were like, I, it, it felt really not, uh, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't really, as someone who talks about these things and picks them apart, I was impressed with how well I was sucked into this world and not let go of. Uh, so I was, it felt really, really well done. 
Yeah. Actually, uh, before we move on to vision board, just because I've gotten this question a couple of times now and I'm not 100% sure of the answer myself, where would you rank it, relatively speaking, in terms of Marvel movies? Oh, it's definitely up there for sure. Like, I mean, for me, it's right after Thor Ragnarok. Wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. So that's like top tier Marvel. That's like maybe top five. Yeah, I would say, <clears throat> I would say like, yeah, definitely top 10, but okay. like top tier for sure. Like I don't know if right it's there for me personally. It's super fun. Well, I like I'd a- say you should fucking take care of your family and then maybe do a little, <laughs> get some rest and then see this movie again. You know no, what I mean? man. Uh, here's, here's, what's, here's what happened. All right. I went to see Shang-Chi. There was a flood in my basement. My kids were left to haunt alone. This is my villain origin story. I'm going to kill Shang-Chi. <laughs> oh, don't, don't, don't it's say It's his fault. I'm coming after him. Oh, man. I'll probably get water powers or something, right? Like from uh, the flood water that I walk through. The yeah, dirty yeah. flood water. God. That'll be cool. Uh, I'm coming for you, Shang-Chi. Oh, man. Uh, get dirty, ready. Dirty get all ten waters. rings ready because I'm coming for you. It's kind of the grossest thing you can say to somebody is dirty flood water. I mean, it's exactly what it was, Bad. I only speak the truth. Let's move over to the vision board and talk about what's going forward. And I think a good way of doing this is talk about each end credit scene individually because they all tee up their own thing. First of all, we get Katie and Shang-Chi talking to the couple, get called by Wong. He brings them over to... I assume the Sanctum Sanatorium that were not specified and they examine the rings with none other than Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner himself. Now, Bruce Banner in a sling. Yes. Still uh, recovering. Still recovering. Uh, Again, most listeners probably know this, but I did get this question a bunch of times. The reason he's in a sling is because he did the snap first with the Infinity Gauntlet to bring everybody back. In Avengers Endgame, apparently his arm is never going to heal, according to Kevin Feige, so it's always going to be like that. So that's why he's in a sling there. But according to them, they don't know what's going on with these rings. They don't know where they come from. They were found a thousand years ago, as we get in the prologue bit by Wen Wu, or at least thousands of years ago, potentially. Thousands, yeah, because they were like, uh, we think it's a thousand, and they were like, no. And it seems like there's some sort of signal coming from the center of at least one of the rings. So what do you think's going on here? What is this potentially teeing up? Well, what I like is the fact that we have, uh, you know, Captain Marvel there, and she has this kind of like old school pager homing beacon thing, you know, with Fury. So this was interesting that we find the Ten Rings kind of has a similar thing, mm-hmm. and it's somebody's coming for the rings, and it's just a question of like who... And what's it going to be? And is it going to be different from the comics? Because in the comics, it's like it's uh, dragon spaceships, I believe, mm-hmm. in the comics. So uh, that'll be interesting to see, like, if it means like Eternals, if it means Galactus, like who's coming. Well, and this is another thing we really didn't talk about yet in terms of the movie. But initially in the comic books, the Ten Rings are the Ten Rings of the Mandarin. They each have their own power. They do come from aliens is the canonical origin that you're talking about here. These are obviously very different, completely different in terms of powers, execution, look, everything. So 
it could be dragon spaceships, which would be very cool, or it could be absolutely anything. The other thing that I'll mention is Destin Daniel Cretton has included Brie Larson in every single one of his movies, I think, at this point. So it's fun that he was able to bring her in as Captain Marvel. You know what My, I mean? Like, stick with what, what works, you know what I mean? I don't think they're going to do this, but my first thought with the rings, and this is what I almost thought the second end credit sequence was going to be about, was I thought it was going to be Eternals, that the Eternals created it because they've been around for thousands of years. They've been giving technology to humans, so there's a pretty direct line there, and they are something that the rest of the MCU heroes don't know about yet, but given that they didn't show up and Angelina Jolie wasn't there or anything like that, I don't think that's necessarily who it's teasing. Oh, my God. That would have been amazing if they, like, oh, my God, and they looked right at the camera and were like, Angelina Jolie's coming. <laughs> no explanation. Yeah. Just get excited. So the other thing that that's setting up, though, is that Shang-Chi and Kevin Feige has said this is as important as Nick Fury showing up and saying the Avengers at uh, the Avengers initiative at the end of Iron Man, that that T up there is something that's going to reverberate throughout the next of the phase and phases. So whatever is coming, Secret Wars, Avengers versus X-Men, something else, uh, potentially this is setting that up and this is something we're going to see teased out for a very long time. The other one that we should talk about, though, is the final post-credit sequence, which finds Zhe Ling... Uh, ostensibly taking apart her father's old organization, putting pictures away, and that it turns out actually what she's doing is she's running a new Ten Rings yeah. that is including Actually, we didn't genders. think this through instead of s- saying like, hey, my sister will stop. If we would have stopped and thinking about it, she probably will just <laughs> use this to take her already Mortal Kombat scene and fucking amp it up in a way uh, that is, is really going to be a problem later. I mean, first of all, yes, I love this place that the movie leaves her in, even if I wanted her to be the hero of the movie, that that's fine. I'm happy to see her going forward. Her running the Ted Rings is great. I feel like we can see her show up a bunch of different places. But the scene is so fun, too. There's just a little thing when she sits down on the throne where she does like a little smile, cock of the head thing. Very cool. The the pull out shot of everybody fighting, both men and women, them putting graffiti on the outside of the temple, all very cool. But the interesting thing here, I think, is the movie doesn't end with Shang-Chi will return. It ends with the Ten Rings, Ten Rings will return. Will return. Yeah. So given that, what do you take away from that? What do you take away from the fact that it's the Ten Rings will return, not Shang-Chi will return? Well, I mean, they're kind of playing with this idea that, like, we saw the Ten Rings in Iron Man. We saw the Ten Rings over here. We saw the Ten Rings over there. So, like, um, you, you know, we're going to see this is the thing that's not dealt with. But, uh, you know, we're not, you know, they're, they're leaving it open enough where they can have some creative choices. I think they're just being smart. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I also think it means that we're probably going to see the Ten Rings again sooner than we're going to see Shang-Chi. He's definitely going to show up. Katie's going to show up. They're I, probably going to get a sequel based on the box office this weekend, so I'm not worried about any of that. But yes, Pete. Yeah, I've heard a bunch of people saying like Shang-Chi 2, but do we know any numbers? Like, do we know any like how well it's doing? Right now, for those listening, we are taping this on Saturday, so it's pretty soon. But it's probably around $60 million for the weekend or something like that, which is a record for Labor Day. It's great for the pandemic. 
it's not necessarily great for a Marvel movie, but yeah, it'll be fine. Everything is everything is on a scale. I don't think it's anything to worry about necessarily. Okay, because yeah, I I really wanted it to do well. It's so, it was so cool. I think as far from my non-expert box office opinion, I think it's doing fine, and I think they are in on the movie enough that it is going to get a sequel, but. I do think we're going to see Jay Ling and the Ten Rings much sooner. My initial thought is it seems like a very easy fit for potentially Hawkeye. We might see them show up in the series in some way, maybe in an episode or something like that. Moon Knight as another international yeah. ground level fighting hero. That seems like another way they could show up. The Multiverse of Madness they could be in. Potentially, that seems like a stretch to me just because they are a fighty organization. But a show one world where it's all fights and they're ruling. Sure, Come it's on. all ten. She's ruling. Yeah, yeah, I'm into that. Have you noticed that I like Jay Ling the most out of this movie? Have I mentioned yeah, that? Yeah, it's it's not creepy at all, buddy. Not creepy. She's so cool. I know her fights were great. Her yeah. arc was great. I was into her emotional arc more than anybody else's, except maybe Tony Lee Young. Would have watched a movie with just them. Get rid of Shang Chi. No Shang Chi. Thanks. Come on, man. Eat him. Eat him out of the series. No, I'm kidding. I liked him. I thought it was good. I'm happy to watch him going forward. Uh, So, yeah, I think that is it. Any final thoughts, Pete, on Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings before we wrap up here? I like the kind of reveal that Wong and Abomination were teaming up and they were kind of putting on a show for people. That's awesome. It makes me very happy moving forward. Um also, that just portal punch. I mean, oh, that was so cool. My son so saw cool. that in a commercial and was really worried that this was a Marvel movie where people got their hands cut off because he saw a loose yeah. arm going on there. So I explained to him what happened and he felt much better. Well, that's good. Yes, that's good. it is very good. Uh, I thought this movie was a lot of fun. If you don't feel comfortable going to the movie theater, you don't have a drive-in situation for whatever reason, I think. You could definitely stay safe. That's probably the more important thing. It's also going to be on streaming 45 days after release. So in mid-October, they don't explicitly know where yet. They certainly have implied that it's going to Disney Plus, but they've never used the words it's going to Disney Plus. They've just said streaming for our subscribers. So we'll have to stay tuned on that. But again, I think it's totally worth seeing. However, and whenever you see it, just do what's most comfortable yeah. Online. How about you? I if they released it as a twenty dollar rental instead of like a thirty dollar premiere access type thing, I think totally worth it. So they gotta cut ten off the top and then you're in? Absolutely. Listen, man, I I gotta pay you for yeah. my psychiatric evaluation somehow. I gotta <laughs> I mean, save I'm up that the money. Ball on that. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Are. I'm sorry, everybody listening. I'm dropping the ball on that. Yeah. Listen, we gotta wrap this up because Pete has an hour of talking me through Boris and my fears about Boris. If you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Shang-Chi and the rest of the Marvel Universe. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. Stay marvelous.